Hi everyone and welcome to Las Musas Podcast. My name is Anika Aldamoy Denise and I'm the author of Phenomenal AOC, The Roots and Rise of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Today on a special edition of the podcast, we are celebrating our 2023 American Library Association Youth Media Award winners. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) For anyone who doesn't know, the Youth Media Awards are a bit like the Grammys or the Oscars of children's and teen literature. We had several Musas joining us today who were honored with awards, including Andrea Beatriz Arango, Newberry honoree for Ivelisse Explains It All, Natalia Sylvester, Pura del Pre Young Adult Author honoree and Schneider Family Award honoree for Breathe and Count Back from 10. Camille Gomera Tavares, Pura del Pre Young Adult Author honoree for High Spirits, and Karina Nicole Gonzalez, Pura del Pre Youth Author Honoree for The Cookies Still Sing. And I'm proud to say that Phenomenal AOC received the Pura del Pre Youth Honor for Illustration. And that award went to my friend, the talented Loris Lora. And I'm here celebrating that shiny award sticker on her behalf. So welcome and felicidades, everyone. Yay! I'd love for you all to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your book. Let's start with Garina. Sure. Thank you so much, Anika, for moderating. And I'm so happy to share this space with you all. And congratulations to everybody. Um, I'm the author of The Coquillas Still Sing, Los Coquillas Aún Cantan, which was written by me and illustrated by my friend Crystal Quiles and translated into Spanish by Amparo Ortiz. And the Picture book is essentially about how um, the resilience of Puerto Rico's flora and fauna mirrors the resilience of the Puerto Rican people, um, looking at the coqui and also looking at the Puerto Rican people and um, all, all of those themes that go along with it of surviving the aftermath of Hurricane Maria in 2017. Thank you. I love that book so much. <laughs> and it's also very exciting that your illustrator won an honor as well. She did. It's very <laughs> rare. It's very yeah. rare, I hear. <laughs> yes, it is. So um, I was cheering very loud watching. <laughs> Andrea, you want to go next? Yeah. Hi, my name is Andrea. I'm the author of Ibelis Explains It All. And it is a middle grade novel in verse about a 12 year old girl who is dealing with her mental health stuff when her grandmother moves in with them. Um, And it's sort of about how sometimes the people who love us don't really know how to support us. Um, And so Ibelis kind of has to find her voice in the book and learn to advocate for herself and what she needs. I have to say, when I first saw that book, the cover just stopped me in my tracks, too. It's beautiful. So congratulations. Thank you. And Natalia. <clears throat> Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalia Sylvester. I'm so honored to be here with you all and so excited. Um, felicidades, first of all, to everyone. Um, so Breathing Come Back from 10 is my second YA novel, and it's about a Peruvian American teen named Veronica, who like me was born with hip dysplasia and she navigates many surgeries throughout her childhood. Um, The book takes place the summer before her senior year of high school in which she learns that 
the mermaid attraction in her town is holding auditions um, for a new mermaid. And for her, like swimming has always been a way of um, feeling at ease and feeling some comfort from a lot of the things she deals with due to her disability. And she dreams of auditioning, except her parents are very strict and they don't, um, they don't want her to audition. So um, this is also a summer when she's falling in love for the first time and navigating things like bodily agency, um, stepping into her own sexuality uh, without shame and really just shedding a lot of the shame around um, the ableism all around her. And you have two awards in one year. That must have felt amazing. We're going to talk about that, getting two phone calls <laughs> in just a little bit. But first, let's um, hear from Camille. Hi, my name is Camille Gomera Tavares. Um, I wrote High Spirits, um, which was also translated into Spanish, Buenos Espíritus by Lorraine Avila. Um, it's a short story collection. Um, loosely based off the stories that I've heard from my family, um, you know, in the Dominican Republic. And each story focuses on a different family member and a different point in time. Um, some of them take place in New York, New Jersey, um, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico. Um, so that's sort of reflecting my own family and the fact that we're scattered around a bunch of different countries, but we all have our own sort of relationships to our Dominican identity um, and to our immigrant experiences. Um, so yeah, it's a story mostly just about family and the times when we all get together and what happens and what we say and what we don't say, um, as well as having a little bit of magic where um, one of the main characters, Gabriel Belen, um, has an affliction where he gets sent back in time a lot of the times um, when he's triggered by certain emotions. Um, and, you know, we see why that is and where that originates from. Um, but mostly it's just a short story collection that I feel like anyone can read. That's wonderful. I love all the intersectionality of that book. It is on my TBR list. I ordered it right after the award. <laughs> I ordered all, that's my tradition. I order all the books if I don't already have them and haven't read them yet after the awards. And we're going to talk about that later too. What everyone is reading but Anika you have to tell us about phenomenal answers. oh okay who's <laughs> gonna get right into the call see I'm dying to hear about the calls so I forgot <laughs> so phenomenal AOC the roots and rise of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is about of course none other than the congresswoman AOC known by her initials <laughs> she is uh, a powerhouse Puerto Kenya who was the youngest um person ever elected, the youngest congresswoman, woman ever elected to Congress. And um, it's her story, it's a story of her roots and community and how that influenced her leadership, her decisions to even run for Congress, um, the way she leads, her outspoken nature, um, how it all really comes back to um, her roots growing up in the Bronx and then Westchester and how she saw firsthand um, the inequities of people living in different neighborhoods and how those neighborhoods um, were really no different. They just had different resources. So it's a celebration of her power. And um, I think of speaking truth to power in general. And um, I love that young readers can hopefully see themselves in her story. And of course it was brilliantly illustrated by Loris Lora, who, who won the award for illustration. So, and it's a picture book. Did I say that? 
Um, okay, so now to the to the question everyone loves to to ask. Um, where were you when you got the call from the various committees? And we have a few represented here. This time I'll start with Camille. Well, I really did not even know I was in the running for. I did not expect it at all. Um, I was in the shower and I was getting ready to go to drive to New Jersey um, where my mom lives and I was going to go visit <laughs> um, home. So I was just like packing all of my things and like I was taking a shower and then I kept hearing the phone ring and I was just like, man, these spams, they just like won't quit. They just keep calling. <laughs> and I was just like, man. Um, and then I get out of the shower and then like I just like touch my phone and it's a, a text from um, them. Um, one of the committee members, her name is Madeline Pena, um, who's like, hey, this is an ALA. Um, we have some news. Can you please call us back? And I was just like, oh. <laughs> and also before that, I was just like, good luck to all those authors. You know, it's not going to be me, but like good luck to them. I was like, probably not going to wake up early to see that. <laughs> the the whole ceremony and everything um but yeah and then so I called them back and they were like we're busy can you we'll, we'll call you back in a minute I was like okay <laughs> it's like I don't even know what to expect um and then so I just like paced around my apartment for like five minutes um and then eventually they called me back um and it was the lovely Madeline and she was like hey, we're calling to let you know that um, we want to award you the silver prize for the Pura Belpre. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my God. And she was like, yeah, I'm Dominican. And like this book meant a lot to me and um, to the community and you should be really proud. And then she started like choking up and I was like, don't you cry because I'm going to cry. Um, so um, yeah, it was a really lovely message and I'm very grateful to, to the committee and to Madeline, especially for having that specific connection to the book and then and they were like don't tell anyone I was like okay I'm gonna tell my mom because I'm gonna see her right now but um thanks um so yeah and that was that was that and then in the morning my editor texted me and was like did you get a call and I just put like two eye emojis <laughs> and I was like I don't know maybe um but yeah obviously they already knew but yes it was um an experience for sure definitely not expected at all <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that either, that the editors already know, <laughs> and they, they have to keep that secret from their authors for usually just a few hours, but that must be a hard one. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll go with Alia. So I also was not um, expecting the call. I Okay, so I knew the calls were happening because I had seen previous winners talking about it online. And so I also thought like, mm, what are the chances? But being the super anxious person that I am, I still kept like looking at my phone over the weekend because the thought of missing a call gave me even more anxiety. But then by like Sunday evening, I was like, okay, I can relax. Like, it's just as you expected. It wasn't you, you know, because usually I have my phone on silent. So I put it back on silent, like now calm, made dinner. I was like eating dinner with my husband. We were watching this like D&D show that we like. And after a while, I look at my phone and same as Camille, I had like two missed calls and a text message saying like, call us back. And I remember I was just sitting there like, <laughs> I was just like, what do I do? What do I do? My husband's like, call them back. Like, that's what they said. Um, so I called them back and they said they were from the Newberry. Um, <laughs> and I think I just choked out like a grunt, you know, I was like, uh. <laughs> and then they all started laughing. And that's when I realized I was on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> like multiple people were listening. 
Um, I don't think I was able to say much. I think I said thank you like six times. Um, I'm terrible at phone calls in general. <laughs> so this is like an extra stressful one. Um, and I did tell a lot of people. I mean, I know they said not, but I was like, I'm not call my family in Puerto Rico and tell them like right now. And then my editor called me and my agent and like, and then I couldn't help it. Like the morning, I waited until the morning of like right before the ceremony. And then I texted Karina and I was like, Karina. And then she called me back because it's a good thing about teachers. She called me back. It's like 6 a.m. And she's like, oh my God, I want something too. <laughs> so then we were like literally talking on the phone at like six in the morning as Karina was like headed into work. <laughs> so it was, it was a really nice experience. Um, yeah, just unexpected, but very, very humbling and cool. That's great behind the scenes until right there to know about those morning phone calls that's so special though and I know like I'm I don't answer my phone I don't talk on the phone <laughs> I just you know so it's 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 nice that the committee is now texting so that you, <laughs> so that you get that call that's so, oh yeah that's if so, they hadn't texted me I would not have called that number back like I don't call people <laughs> back. right and you would have like, been sitting watching like <gasps> <laughs> yeah so I'm glad I'm glad they included the text <laughs> yeah that's great. Um, Natalia. Oh my God, that's so funny. I feel like I might have had a very similar experience of missing all the calls, except I think something, because I didn't know this was how it worked, right? Like that, like the ALA members all get together during the conference, and then that's when the final decisions are made. And then then the committee members call the authors the Sunday before the announcements, right? Um, <clears throat> I didn't know that until I think maybe last year when someone had tweeted something um, saying like, hey, if you're a kidlit author and you get a phone a, a phone call from an unknown number, you might want to pick it up this time. You know, and then I was like, oh, I and, and then that's when I learned that that's how that works. And I remember mentioning that to my husband a few days before that Sunday. And I have this weird superstition in which I feel like if I want something really badly or if I hope for it, I'm, I'm already jinxing it. So I was like, so I'm not going to think about it. Okay. I'm just not going to think about it. I'm not like, cause I'm sure like there's so many amazing books out in this year. And like, why would I assume that I have a chance or, you know, how we tend to be with ourselves. Um, so we were having lunch. We were actually visiting my mother-in-law in North Carolina. Um, I'm sorry, we were having breakfast and my phone rings and it's an unknown number. And I was like, oh, okay. And again, I'm still kind of like, no, this, this can't really be, these things don't happen to me, right? Um, and then I pick up and it was someone from the Schneider Award Committee. And um, they, I think I mouthed something to my husband and I was like immediately shaking. And my mother-in-law kind of, I learned this later, but she looked at him, she was like, what's going on? And he's like, I think this is one of the awards she was talking about. And she, apparently she said to him, well, then tape her. You need to film this. <laughs> and so he started filming me talking to them. And basically, yeah, I totally just said thank you like 800 times. And um, I was shaking and they, you know, they were like, you know, we're calling from the Schneider Award Committee or the Schneider Family Award Committee, which honors books that um, are that embody the disability experience, which was just so incredibly meaningful. Um, so that was that was around 1130 and we went about our day and I was like on this cloud and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And, you know, I think around five or six, we got home and it was like a really cloudy day and I was just really tired. And I was like, I'm going to take a nap. And my husband and I are both taking a nap 
And it's like, right as I'm like drifting, you know, like right when you're on the precipice of that like delicious sleep, uh, my phone rings again <laughs> and it was a North Carolina number. And I was like, oh, maybe I left something at a store we were just at because we were in North Carolina. Um, and it was the Buddha committee and they were like, are you sitting down? And I was like, okay. And so then immediately I start shaking my husband awake. <laughs> <laughs> and he was kind of like very sleepily like what's happening what's happening and he was like whatever I'll film this too and so he just starts and I put it on speaker uh it was just it was unreal it was very um I like I just couldn't believe it because to have the book be honored for both its disability representation and the Latin like the Latinx representation when this book for me has always been about writing about the experience as how I, I I've, I've never separated the two you know I it was very much inspired by my own experience as a disabled Latina immigrant and um to not have to fragment or separate those things as if any parts of our identity can be put in boxes um and and then to have it be recognized for both of those things in their wholeness is just just really amazing so congratulations that was a beautiful story and I'm so glad that you gave context around the Schneider Family Award for those, I mean, we're talking about these awards, like everyone knows what they are and what they represent, but um, each award is is different. Obviously, the Pura del Pre Award is um, for Latinx creators and Latinx literature that embodies that experience. Um, and I actually don't know off the top of my head the Newberry criteria, Andrea, but but I know it's I a really say, important I'm one. I'm just saying it's like it's like the everyone award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's not it's not a specific category. Yeah, I think it's, it's like, like the it's, best picture, at like the Oscars versus like mm -hmm. best actress. Or... Yeah, but that sounds weird to say. <laughs> not to say the general award. <laughs> I was screaming when I saw it. When I saw it, I was screaming when I saw each of your books. To be honest, it was so exciting to watch that. It felt like watching our Oscars. It does, and it's so it's so wonderful because Las Musas is a tight knit community, but also the the children's book world is is small in its community in, in many ways and and we all root for each other and know each other's work and read each other's books so so it is a really um it's a great it's a great day it's a great morning okay last but of course not least Karina we all want to hear your story of the call <sighs> well similar to everybody I was I knew that calls were being made on that weekend but I just wasn't sure if I would even get one and um, so Sunday night, I actually was getting ready for a date and, um, I heard, I had my phone on like vibrate. I was like, I don't even want to hear a ring. Like, I'm just like, I'm so anxious and like freaked out. And like, I, I don't know if any, if it could be my mom maybe, or it could be spam. I was just like, I'm going to put it on vibrate. So I had my phone on my bed and I heard it vibrate. And I was like, oh, it's my mom. I know it. It's my mom. And I look at it and it's a San Juan number. Uh, it said San Juan on it, um, and I answer, and um, it's Suhey Lugo Vázquez. She uh, said, "Is this Karina?" And I said, "Yeah." And she's like, "It's Suhey." And I like the second she said her name, I was like, "Oh no, oh my God!" Like I start crying, and um, after she tells me that I received the um, Youth Author Media Award, uh, the Pura del Pre. Oh, uh, honor award. Um, she says I have double 
uh, happy news uh, that Crystal is also going to be receiving um, the award for illustration. And then I, I started crying even more. I mean, it's just so special. And to hear Suhei relating to me, like how special the book is for her, it was so life changing for me in that moment. Just just hearing her say that the book was meaningful to her really was something special. And then the next morning, get crazy news from Andrea. And that for me was even crazier news. I mean, I was so excited. I was like, I have to call you. And so I called her at 6 a.m. when I was getting ready to go to work. And I'll never forget that call. That was just one of the happiest calls I've ever had um, just to celebrate Andrea and a, such a special distinction. And then to share my good news with her. It's just it's a really uh, wonderful time to be uh, an author, you know, and to be part of this community, like you were saying, Anika, the Las Musas community, and to see all of our books receive this recognition is super meaningful. And I think that uh, bodes well for the future, for future authors in our community and um, great children's literature. I know, I used to watch the Youth Media Awards and feel like so proud but also it was so aspirational you know like maybe one day I could you know I used to think about that and it, it's I don't think it's lost on any of us you know those that have paved the way for us and um, it's really lovely to think about those books that our work might be inspiring you know emerging writers so um, that is definitely a beautiful part of this tradition is like you said, Karina, like the the paying it forward and the looking back and looking forward is is really lovely. So thank you for for that. <laughs> Speaking of looking towards the future, what do you look forward to after uh, receiving this recognition? I guess like in terms of like what it means, um, obviously like being like Dominican um, and I only have learned about the awards from like last year and like seeing Donna Barbara Higuera who has the same editor as me win and having to like make all the graphics for Las Musas. Like that was like my introduction <laughs> into like the awards and like when they happen and how they happen. Um, and actually like right after um, my thing was announced, literally the second after it was announced, I got like a text from Donna <laughs> that was an email that was texted to me that I was like, I didn't even know you could do that. But was, she was just like, congratulations. And then like another one that was like, this is Donna, by the way. And I was like, I was like, wow, um, record speed. Um, but also I was also on a Zoom with her this time last year talking about <laughs> um, her winning the Newberry and then like me um, about to you know publish my first book um so to have that like a parallel in like that one year and see like what has happened um also with the fact that you know we have the same editor and also she for her first um book Lupe Wong can't won't dance she also won the the same prize for the Pura Bopre um honor um so it was like we're very parallel and she was offering mentorship to me. She was very nice on the phone and everything. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's like Dominican and also that the the winners for the um, Pura Belpe for the Children's and YA are also Dominican authors, Vincent Tirado for Burn Down, Rise Up um, and Clara Bell Ortega for Frizzy. Um, 
was like even like just the cherry on top because I was like I wonder who who else won because also seeing like these awards and like most of like Latin media a lot of the times like Afro-Latinos are left out of it and especially like Dominicans um and you know Cubans and like just like other like Central Americans that aren't like Puerto Rican or Mexican um are often left out of like those Latino conversations so for the fact that like we were being celebrated um, and also another book won another award, um, the Alex Award, um, went to The Wash Day Diaries by Jamila Rouser, um, illustrated by Robin Smith. Um, so like having all of that representation was just like, wow, we can't. I was on a panel with um, Vincent in the fall. So like we were just talking about all of our books um, and we were like, we can't believe there was like another Dominican person. We we're like, we can't believe there's three Dominicans in one place right now because that's crazy. That's insane. And also being from like the New York, New Jersey area and writing about um, those things, writing about Afro-Latinidad. Um, yeah, it was just very crazy. And I, for the trajectory of like what we I hope for looking um, forward is that like more of that gets celebrated because it's sort of like the first time like something like this has happened. Um, and hopefully it paves a way that like that it's we're not just like tokens where you just have like one like it's a lot we can like win multiple things. Um, our books can you know relate to a wide audience and a wide array of people, not just like a specific subtext within like a subcategory of people. So yeah, I think very excited for um, what that means for the future. Um, again, also in the midst of like book bans and things like that, where black <laughs> culture in general is being like limited in schools. Um, I feel like it's just really important that like, especially when we're writing books for kids that um, this is something that continues to be celebrated regardless of like what um, politics and outside world has to say about it. So yeah, I'm just very, very excited and very happy and proud to be in, in you know, written in the history books or whatever um, that, that I was like there and that my family stories get to matter in that way. So yeah. Proud as you should be. And um, I think Dominicans definitely had like a, a good year representation wise, but I agree with you. This, this needs to be the springboard that, um, <laughs> that creates more going forward. And that's, that's what we were talking about, about paving the way. So. And if I may add to just Pura Belpre, just to mention who she is, she's was the first Puerto Rican librarian. Anika, you know this well, you wrote a book about her. Uh, the first Puerto Rican librarian in New York City, um, actually in Harlem, right? Uh, Spanish Harlem. And um, she was a huge advocate for bilingual education. She worked with children every day. Um, she made puppets. She was a storyteller. Um, I work in a public school and just to be, to receive this honor in her name is um, especially meaningful, just knowing her life and all that she contributed to bilingual education and uh, children's literature, uh, bilingual children's literature makes this, uh, you know, uh, recognition even more meaningful to me as a Boricua too. And for me, what I hope that I, you know, from this recognition, I hope that more kids become aware of this picture book, um, that it becomes even more widely accessible across the United States and Puerto Rico, and that it, you know, 
build a love for humanity and the environment, not just in Puerto Rico, but worldwide, because that message is, although the story is set in Puerto Rico, it's a universal message. And I hope that, that the people really um, are left with that thought and can ponder it a little bit more. Thank you for giving us the context of Puro de Apre and the word that's named after her. Who else would like to jump in? I've, I've been calling on people, but. <laughs> um, gosh, there's so much. I feel like, um, I think more than anything, it's the um, the hope of more vis visibility. I think, you know, when we, there's so few disability, there's so, there's not nearly enough disability representation in books in general. Um, there's even less for writers of color, um, for, you know, disabled writers of color. And I don't see often too much intersectionality in that regards. And so for me, I just feel like I'm hopeful knowing that hopefully this, these awards will help Breathe and Count Back from 10 find its readers and find those who most need to see themselves in this story because of the readers I have heard from, it's really just been incredible to hear from people who will say things like, you know, I didn't, I've never read a book about a teenager with hip dysplasia, or I've never read a book about an immigrant teen, you know, dealing with my disabilities or even, and, and you know, or even just, um, you know, people who might have different aspects of their identity, but then they still end up, you know, seeing something of them in this book. And I think, you know, we could certainly, I think it's true for all of our books is that that recognition um, is huge. And I think that's why so many of us write is just to have these parts of ourselves feel seen and it, in turn, it makes us feel a little less alone in our experiences. And it then empowers us really to no longer feel alone. And when you don't feel alone, you feel that you can, you, you can do anything and you can shed a lot of the stigma that you might've carried, um, or you can shed a lot of shame that might've been projected onto you. At least that's definitely how I felt writing this book, um, you know, feeling that I don't have to be embarrassed about my scars, my disability, my, the way I walk. Um, I don't have to feel that I can't, you know, vocalize what it's like to wonder if you're enough to like, if your dreams are enough to live up to your parents' dreams, if what if they're too frivolous? You know, why would mermaids um, be so important? But they are. They're so important to Veronica, and there's so a lot of um, kids who might feel like their dreams aren't quote unquote serious enough to honor the sacrifices of their parents. So, I just at the same time, I think that when we write from these really true experiences because the industry is so predominantly white, there is not often the same um, support of our books or even just a lot of times publishers don't know exactly how to market them, right? Um, and because of that, a lot of our books, they don't get the same disability or excuse me, the same visibility. Um, so I'm just very excited and hopeful about that. Um, I would love to have a, I would love it if this opened up opportunities for me to talk to more readers in schools, um, you know, through events, because that for me has been the most amazing part of this, right? Whether it's virtually or online, just to be able to talk to readers. Um, and, um, and also, I think one of the things that I want to say, though, is that, you know, this is my fourth book, and I've been there before where like these awards, and not just these, but others, uh, come and go, and you, you can't help but dream for your book 
right? And I've been there so many times where it wasn't my turn, you know, or my time. Um, and it's hard. And like, that's such a heartbreaking moment sometimes, even at the same time that you're celebrating those who are getting that recognition. Um, and I feel like one of the things that kept coming through my mind as I was, you know, as I got these phone calls was just what incredible, like stars aligning moment that, you know, these committee members happen to be on this committee and this time moment and happened to really resonate with our books. It could have easily been anyone else. And I know people will say that all the time of like, this doesn't mean that other books are less deserving or, you know, or it's like, it doesn't mean that other books are not just as wonderful, but sometimes it really is a matter of luck. I have felt both sides of that. So it's like, I don't want to, I feel weird, like celebrating without also honoring and making space for how it can also like that. I get it. I get how it can feel. Um, when maybe like all like the dreams that we carry for our books, it doesn't feel like it's it's happened yet. And there must be there are so many stories of that of people who have written such stunningly beautiful, important books who haven't been recognized. But at the same time, a lot of what you said, Natalia, was really inspiring because it makes me think like the way you said it just wasn't their time that like their that time will come that kind of a feeling like that that keep doing good work and that time will come um but that, thank you for acknowledging that I think that's really important and, and you know it's important to, that, that there is to acknowledge that there is sometimes disappointment and that that there are many that the awards are are amazing and they're amazing for the reasons that you mentioned of um amplifying and giving your book the opportunity to be seen by more I think I particularly the Pura del Prey Award was conceived and designed for that reason, you know, to give a platform and um, <clears throat> greater visibility to these titles. So that's, the, it's a wonderful thing about it, but it's also, it can, there's a little bit of heartbreak in there for those who maybe haven't yet gotten it. So I think there's inspiration in your message and thank you. Yeah. And, and going off of that, I would also say that, um, there's probably a lot of people out there who like don't agree with our books winning those awards. Like I definitely used to sometimes take peeks at like reviews for my book. And after winning the award, I was like, nope, not again, because I've definitely already seen the ones that are like, mm, I don't know why this won the new Barry Otter. Like, I don't think kids are actually going to like this <laughs> or like stuff like that. So it is very subjective. And, and you're right. It's like you want to celebrate, but there are many books that I think you know, could have won just as easily as me. And there's a lot of people out there sharing their opinions about it too. So, um, but, but in general, I, I think the best part for me is the fact that realistically speaking, um, you know, my book was kind of like a little sleeper. <laughs> um, you know, it's my debut book. I didn't have a big promotional um, push from my publisher. Um, so I wouldn't say like my sales were like rock bottom terrible, but I certainly wasn't on any bestseller lists or, um, you know, just selling thousands and thousands of copies. Um, so I think a lot of people saw the awards and had never heard of my book before, <laughs> before I won the award. And so um, I am very aware that now people know about my book. And like I said, there's like some negatives to it because I, I have seen people talking about it online. Um, but the positives is that 
way more libraries are buying my book now than they were before. And um, like Natalia said, it's like all these kids who didn't know my book existed and had no way, you know, because especially I think with middle grade readers, 10 year olds aren't out there like buying their own books online. You know, <laughs> most of the time they're like walking into a bookstore with their parents and Barnes and Noble doesn't carry my book. Books a Million doesn't carry my book. There is no like physical big chain bookstore within like a hundred miles of me that carries my book. So, you know, the easiest place for kids to find Same. my book. <laughs> you what? Same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, thank you, indie bookstores, but I'm in central Virginia. There's not that many, <laughs> especially like in the rural counties. And so unless it's at their school or at their public library, kids are not going to find my book. And I think winning something like the Newberry Honor, you know, there's a ton of librarians out there who just automatically hit purchase, you know, because I won that award. And so it it is going to be way more accessible to kids who who might need Ivelisse in their life um, because of the award. And so for that, I am very, very grateful. I I am also hoping, like others mentioned, that not just that, like, it will be visible and accessible to more kids, but like, from like a career perspective too, like I want to keep writing books, you know, and so the more copies my book sells, the more chances I have of selling future books and those books doing well and that I keep being able to tell the stories that I want to tell. So I'm very excited for the opportunities that I think are going to come because of this award. Um, you know, it's weird because like growing up in Puerto Rico, you know, the books I had access to were either books that were coming in from the States and were in English and mostly like all white, blonde, blue eyed American kids, or they were books in Spanish coming from Spain. <laughs> but, you know, very rarely, even today, the Puerto Rican, you know, publishing community like in Puerto Rico is very, very, very small. And it's mostly like self-published authors, indie authors. And so to go from that to you know, being a Puerto Rican, like from the island to win this award is just very like mind blowing and not just like a Puerto Rican, but like, you know, I, I taught for 10 years and I taught in Puerto Rico and I taught Newberry Honor books in Puerto Rico. And so to now think that like other teachers <laughs> might be teaching my book is just mind blowing. So, um, yeah, I don't think I still have fully processed it, but I'm very excited for for all of the things to come. And I'm just going to be mindful of not going online and not looking at the haters and just being excited with the Musas about the good things. <laughs> As I DM'd you before, Andrea, like the price has gone up. You don't have to worry about any of those haters. Yesterday's price is not today's price. You're um <laughs> you're already set. <laughs> That's good advice all around. You what? I said that's good advice all around, not to read the too many oh, reviews. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just terrible at following advice. Yeah, <laughs> we all do it, but yeah. And if I can just add too, uh, um, I think it says so much that the Newberry honored you with this, Andrea, because it also you have so much Spanish in your book, and to see a book like yours receive that kind of recogni recognition is so. Um, like life affirming to me, you know, and culturally affirming to see them acknowledge this kind of book and the importance of it. And um, again, like it bodes so well for the continuation of like bilingual children's literature and bilingual education. And I'm just really excited that um, that you received this honor and, and I'm excited for all the other work that we all do moving forward. 
And just really quickly, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing that because that's just, oh my God, it makes me so angry. Um, but I, I wanted to also mention, because what you mentioned about the book, um, you know, the publicity of it and the sales and everything, I do think that there's this misconception sometimes, right, that people think, well, if these books are winning these awards, it's because they've already been doing so well. And the thing is, from what I've understood about the way these awards are, like these are really driven by passion of the librarians, which is so meaningful to me because, you know, Breathing Count Back from 10 has, as much as I post about it on my own, as much as probably people within our community, like we, we're in our own bubble. So we, we can, we often assume like, oh my God, that person's book is everywhere. And it's really like, no, I've just been posting about it a lot because it's, not something that like is being promoted very widely. Yeah, Dalia, it, it really works because I don't, I can't tell you how many mermaid accounts I follow now because, <laughs> because of you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like we do, like, I think that um, our reach is, is limited, you know, and um, yep. My, the push for, for this book has not been, has, I mean, I, I feel like my other books, probably got a much stronger push. And there was a part of me that was feeling like, oh my God, what more can I do for this book? That means so much. Um, to know that it might have even that much more of a chance visibility feels really huge and quite miraculous, to be honest, um, because you don't, we don't often know like what kind of support we'll be getting, right? And, and, and I don't mean that as like to, um, you know, to talk ill or anything, but I just think that the industry is what it is. And a lot of our, and I think that's what's so amazing about these awards is that they're purposely trying to make sure that the books that might not get this kind of amplification, um, you know, hopefully like evening that out a little bit. I read that the Newberry committee, or I heard on, um, I think Jennifer Lofren's podcast that the Newberry committee really does start reading, you know, they read for a full year. And one of the things they do, and I think probably all the committees do this, is they don't just read the books that are getting a lot of press. They look for, as you said, Andrea, the the sleeper books. Um, and I think there's like, like a, a pride in bringing a book that didn't have this attention and, and having that get in the room, you know, because they narrow it down. And now I think they I think the weekend going into the Newberry, someone said they get a trunk of books and it's like 200 books or something and they have to start going through it. But it's um, sort of democratizing in a way to understand that, that you know, you're, that these books have a chance of, of getting in the room by the passion of the librarians who are reading them and the committee members who are reading them. And yours is such a great example, Andrea, of, of a book that you said, like, not as many people read and now will be. So so I'm I'm grateful that the, that's part of what the committee's process is. Yeah. Okay. So does anyone want to add anything to that? Or we're gonna just have time for I think one more question. Um I'd love to know what what you all are working on next. What's happening? Camille, you want to tell us? <laughs> um, I'm in the middle of like edits for my second book, which has taken me a long time. And, you know, <laughs> you're a sophomore. And it's the first like novel that I've written because my um, High Spirits is a short story collection that 
Um, I started in college <laughs> as my like thesis. Um, so it was like something that I was doing, you know, in conjunction with professors and like with my workshop classes versus now doing it alone. And I don't have a degree in English. So like, I don't have any you know, process or formal education um, to know like where to start in writing a book, but I made it through and <laughs> I got through to the editing process. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, hopefully um, it comes out in this winter or early next year um and we're already doing the cover and talking about you know <laughs> the pretty things of how it's gonna look but um yeah it's about um three teenagers more more based off of like my high school experience um going to school in an underfunded um is the most overpopulated high school in new jersey in um, clifton new jersey um, but I've set my characters in Jersey City because I want more Jersey City representation. Um, and so, yeah, it's a very Jersey book. Um, we have three main characters all going through life and they each sort of find like a talisman um, that has certain powers that help them through their individual problems. It's a lot about femininity and anger and rage and pushing back against the police state. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for it for sure. What are you working on? I have another picture book coming out in 2024 with Crystal. I think she's so brilliantly talented and she's become uh, one of my best friends. And I just am so grateful I get to work with her again. And hopefully there's more down the line um, books in us. But our next book is called The Churro Stand, El Carrito de Churros. And it's about um, a mom from from central america who sells churros in new york city uh, and all of the obstacles she faces during um you know a hot summer day trying to sell churros and and i was inspired to write the story because of the crackdown here in new york city on street vendors and and how often you know we don't really see uh or in my experience and i read a lot of picture books i don't see a lot that touch on like working class topics you know that it's kind of maybe more implicit or not really evident at all in a picture book and you know most of my students um can relate to those types of books but they're just not enough out there and so I really wanted to write a book about or a, a book that kind of makes a working class parent into this like magical hero that they are and because that's how I felt growing up as a kid I perceived my mom in that light as my hero and so that that's kind of the purpose of the story that I wrote and that comes out in 2024 right before Mother's Day with Cameron Kids and illustrated by Crystal Giles again that's churros amazing. yeah <laughs> who, who doesn't love a good churro <laughs> well I I can go next I um so Ivelisse was actually part of a two-book deal um which is kind of weird because it means I have a book coming out this fall, but people don't know about it because there was no like publishing announcement <laughs> because it was part of my first one. So I'm actually going to be revealing the cover like later this month um, and then <laughs> people will know it's coming. Um, but I'm really excited. It's another middle grade book in verse. Um, and it's about a girl who goes to live with her aunt after um, her parents go to rehab because social services gets involved. Um, and if you know me in real life, then you know I've been a foster parent um, for a long time. And, you know, I would always try to find books for um, my teenagers 
uh, that had like foster care or kinship care representation. And most of the ones I found were always like very black and white. Like the biological parents are like terrible people and they're like super abusive and they're the bad guys. And that's actually not the reality of most kids who end up in foster care or who end up with guardians who are not their parents. Like a lot of the times um, it's related to like poverty reasons, um, even though it shouldn't be. So I really wanted to write a book where like the parents were not bad people. Um, if there's any bad people in this book, it's social services, but all the adults like in this kid's life, like they all love her and they're all just like trying their best. Um, so I'm really excited for this book just because I think we need to see more middle grade where kids don't live with their parents because that's just such a big reality for a lot of students. Um, and it's also a dog book and I love dogs. So I'm very excited to share the cover and to do like promo it I'm gonna be like Natalia with all like her swimming and mermaid posts that's gonna be me like incorporating my dogs into all my book promo so I'm very excited it comes out in September and um yeah I'll be I'll be sharing the cover very very soon I'm very excited what's it called oh something like home Oh, that's which was let me tell you a huge debate like we went over this title back and forth like for like two months because <laughs> Random House really wanted to put the word dog in the title <laughs> and I really didn't want to because that's not like the main plot point and there's already a dog on the cover so I was like this is too much dog <laughs> like kids are gonna pick it up and then be disappointed that it's not a hundred percent about a dog so anyway that's what we finally settled on after much much back and forth <laughs> and I'm really excited because I like it a lot <laughs> I do love the title something like home yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's yeah, great well, we can't no, I love it too but it just I'm I have not come up with a title for either of my books I'm very <laughs> bad so sorry this was mostly a back and forth between my agent and my editor with me just unhelpfully saying I don't like that <laughs> but not actually giving other options <laughs> i'm like the opposite i had like uh, well i had the same thing i couldn't come up with like a title for this one which is not usually my case but like as a creative and designer i always have like a hundred ideas for something so i literally sent them like a list of like a hundred things like i was just like spitballing and i was like pick one of these please <laughs> natalia what are you working on oh Okay, so I have a few secret things I'm working on, but I do have, um, the one I can share is my debut picture book, which comes out in 2024. It's called A Maleta Full of Treasures. It's being illustrated by Juana Medina, and it's about a little girl whose grandmother comes to visit from her home country, um, and she brings this maleta full of, like, candies and pictures and you know, blankets and books all from her home country. And it's like this, because this little girl has never been to her family's home country, um, she, it's her way of connecting, you know, all that intrigue and excitement that comes with her grandmother's maleta. Um, and it's, it's actually kind of funny because the reason I wrote this book, um, there's a line in my first, in my first YA running, there's a Peruvian character who at one point is eating some Peruvian candy and she offers it to want to my main character. And she says, well, I have a maleta full back home. And in the process of that being edited, um, one of the editors was like, Hey, why wouldn't she just say suitcase? 
And I, I kind of, I was like, you know, when you code switch, it's, it's not just like, like it's, it's often much more emotional than anything. And for me, like, I don't say suitcase for me, the word maleta carries a lot of emotion and it's very specifically tied to an experience that I grew up with in home and, and all the emotions around this concept of a maleta. And when I was writing Breathe and Count Back from 10, I was having a really hard time at one point because it was just so emotionally difficult that I had to take a break from the manuscript, even though I was on deadline. So I only was able to give myself a very short amount of time. Um, but I just thought I want to write from a place of joy today. And I started writing a maleta full of treasures. And I'm just so excited that it's now, you know, it'll be my debut picture book. Um, Juana's illustrations are just I couldn't like when I every time I see it, I I just think I didn't know that the little girl in me needed to see this. Like this very simple yet like everyday representation of home life for me in my childhood. Um and and I actually also got to translate it recently. So it'll be coming out in both English and Spanish. And it's the first time I've translated a book. So I'm I'm really excited. This this means you have to do a middle grade now just to cover all of your age. <laughs> all of your age brackets <laughs> oh my god so I, yeah no I mean and yeah and eventually I'll write I'll get around to writing another adult book because my first two were adult I, I will say I will books, say so. Natalia this is my current read because the so I my toxic habit is I join way too many book clubs and one of the book clubs I'm doing this month is the I Libros en la Casa book club and this is their February pick by the way so that there's a lot so of people cool. that are going to be yeah. reading this this month you have to read see a bunch of reviews popping up that's why that was the title so that oh, sorry. everyone knows you go home um and this is going to be my first of, of your adult books I haven't read any of your adult books so I'm, I'm very excited thank you Natalia <laughs> creating work for all ages. Yes. <laughs> I love it. On up to adult. That is incredible. <laughs> totally incredible. Have you, have you told us what you're working on next yet? No, I haven't. Um, I have a, speaking of putting your dogs and pets in books, I have a book coming out in just a few weeks called Gato Guapo. <laughs> and it is illustrated by um, Zara Gonzalez Wine, who is a Musa. And uh, it will be out on February 28th. So I'm not really working on that. That's done. <laughs> and um, I'm in edits on an early, um, in edits with my editor on an early middle grade illustrated nonfiction historical poetry collection. So, which has not yet been announced. Um, so I, it's kind of secret, but I'm, um, poured my heart into this book and it was a heavy research lift and but I'm super excited to be able to talk about it soon <laughs> and I don't have a pub date on that because we're in the thick of it but yeah so I just want to thank you all and say um congratulations um you are all so inspiring your work is so important and um you deserve all the accolades and all the awards and don't read the comments. <laughs> Just go forth and keep doing what you're doing. Um, you are appreciated. And right now, especially with um, books being challenged and it being so difficult to get books into the hands of the kids who need them, 
more obstacles being thrown our way. I'm just so happy that your books are recognized in this way to give them a better chance of being read and loved and being that book that some kid is walking around clutching to them and holding and hugging. So think about that when it gets hard. <laughs> and um, if you would like to learn more about Las Musas or our books, please visit our website at lasmusasbooks.com or find us on social media at Las Musas Books and be sure to check out our bookshop page where each purchase of one of our books goes towards supporting independent bookstores, which is so important to support the indies. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also sign up for Las Musas newsletter to have podcast updates as well as other Musa news, such as release dates for all these books we were just talking about, teasers, spotlights, and more delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening. And let's all give a round of applause. Yay! See you in Chicago. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see you. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>